This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So for today's mini, I wanted to start out with a question for you, Samantha. Okay. How did you start this pandemic? Because I know it was you. Oh, yeah. Specifically me? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I would say by traveling to LA. Uh-huh. And it just existing, of course. Right? <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah. Inevitably. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, mine is... My New Year's resolution was to run less, to stay in more, to eat more, and to drink less. So I feel like I have the universe heard me and (laughs) said, okay, (laughs) be careful what you wish for. There's only one way we can do this. Yes. Total shutdown of the entire world. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm not saying I'm succeeding in all of those things, but it's just uh, funny. Uh, Almost uh, the week before quarantine started, my therapist told me, you need to stay in more. And I was like, I'll try. (laughs) Right. Um, Thanks so much. (laughs) (laughs) This is something I've noticed. Everybody has that kind of thing where they feel like, oh, remember when I said I was going to go to movies more? That's why this pandemic is happening. Um, And it's sort of a joke, but we did want to talk today about um, guilt around COVID-19 and quarantining and a pandemic. Because this is something I have been struggling with a lot lately, and I know a lot of my friends have. Um, And we've done episodes on women and guilt before and how women are so ready to take on the blame. Uh, I am experiencing it so hardcore. Trigger warning before we get into this, some talk of illness and death, um, but not not much, nothing graphic or anything. And I just want to say... This one's pretty conversational, but I did when I was kind of looking into what other people were saying about this. The CDC has even written about it and said, quote, as it turns out, coronavirus guilt is a, quote, common reaction. Mm-hmm. So not just me right. <laughs> feeling this. So, yeah, in my, in my experience... Um, I've almost been hamstrung by guilt lately. I I can't 
order delivery because I feel too guilty about that. I can't order groceries because I feel too guilty about that. Um, any, I don't get anything from Amazon. I, like, I, I just overcome. Um, I can't go outside. People keep telling me, you are somebody who needs to go outside. This is one of your coping mechanisms. You need to go outside. I can't do it. it I'm just so wrapped <clears throat> up in it. Um, right. I think a lot of people feel that same way. It, I definitely understand that level, especially because we want to be supportive and don't want to be a part of the growing abuse mm-hmm. <laughs> that has been happening, whether it's to our essential workers or to people who are working for companies that don't give a crap <laughs> essentially yeah. about them, it seems. But yeah, I do the opposite of like, instead of not doing it, I overcompensate. Mm, so I will be the one that will uh, if I order from a restaurant from a delivery service I will call them I will find out who they are (laughs) yeah and send them cash directly because I'm like, I can't get it delivered any otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, I will also compensate the delivery driver extra because I'm like, I'm a dick who decided I I needed food to be delivered to me. Um, But yeah, I definitely am with that because I'm like, how do I make sure that I am taking care of everyone because I am okay and I shouldn't be. And if I am, then I am responsible for those who are not okay. Right. And that's another aspect that I know we and some of our coworkers have talked about is that people who are fortunate enough to still have jobs, there's sort of a survivor's guilt. That's not exactly what it is, but it's very similar. Um around that and around having a job that is safe. Like we can do our job from home. So we don't have to risk ourselves and people we care about to keep working. Um, And I I do want to say here, guilt can be a really healthy thing. And we're going to talk about that more later. Uh, and, And it can inspire you like to take care of other people and to look out for other people. It's when it sort of gets out of hand. Uh, that it becomes a bad thing. And and with guilt, and this is sort of a tricky thing, but you should definitely always check your privilege, remember your privilege. Don't make people feel bad for your guilt. (laughs) But it is okay to feel feel these feelings and to acknowledge them, accept them, and hopefully move on from there. But easier said than done, perhaps. (laughs) Um, and then there are a lot of other guilts that that people are experiencing. Uh, guilt at not being there for family, for instance. I've certainly had that around my mom um, and not being able to be there for her because, as listeners know, had kind of a rough time lately. Um, so that's hard not being as emotionally available. I haven't really experienced this, but I have a lot of friends who say that they have, that they feel really bad, that they know that they have friends who need help or the family that need help, but they can't, they don't have the energy or reserves to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, for parents, there's a whole other world of guilt. Uh, guilt at letting their children watch too much TV or not being a good homeschooler for this thing you were never <laughs> trained to do, not being a right. good teacher. Um, Maybe just because we already we've talked about that all the time too. There are all these expectations on parents, right? Especially mothers. Yes, and not being able to to live up to those in a way that 
society has told you perhaps that you should. Um, Being a super mom means you can handle this stress. Yes. You're born for it. You're this thrive. is what you were made for. Exactly. Incorrect. <laughs> yes, yes. Very correct. Um, and then I read accounts of people who feel really guilty for passing the virus on to loved ones or, or not being able to be with sick loved ones or not being able to attend the funeral. Um, I've already had a few experiences with this already. And it's, it is awful. It's heart-wrenching when you're having to make these calculations of how can I hurt the least amount of people in this very sad situation? And where, you know, it's already tough. Grief is already tough. You want to be there for someone if they're asking you to be there for them. But then you know that being there could make things worse. Right. Um, so there's all that guilt around that. And then I've had guilt around lately. I, I have had a lot of friends reach out to me and just feeling very, very hopeless. It's hard to know what to say in those situations. Um, I'm sort of a goofball and I'll tell you jokes or I'll try to distract you or or something like that. But I don't have any concrete thing that doesn't sound trite or that I know they don't want to hear, if that makes sense. Right. So I just try to listen. And then when you have something like an eating disorder or if you struggle with low self-worth like I do, I've noticed it becomes a really vicious cycle because you don't want to take care of yourself anyway. You don't think you're worth it anyway. And so if, if someone's telling me by not going out, I could potentially be saving someone's life, then okay, yes, I'm not going to go out. And absolutely, I'm not going to order any food. And I, I have an eating disorder, so I didn't want to do that anyway. And to have that constant battle of trying to convince yourself you are worth, you have value when you just don't. And you have to face it every day with small decisions you didn't used to have to face it before. It's exhausting. Um, and it's really bad for your mental health. And we've seen that come out more and more recently with experts saying this is a mental health crisis. Right. Which makes sense. And I know a lot of people are struggling with it. <sighs> but I have noticed it's not all bad, Samantha. Okay. <laughs> there are silver linings. One uh, one is I feel I do feel less guilt than I used to about what I would have once called frivolous activities or not being as productive. Right. Um which is, you know, that's good. It's good that I can write my fan fiction and I I am able to say this is this is self-care and this is better than other things that you could be doing. Right. Um, and um I think that's the absolute truth and overall just kind of going back about um, being in the cycle of not being able to care for yourself because you feel guilty if you care for yourself too much, then you're being, I'm guessing, selfish. Yeah. That would be the term, which again is a lie uh, when we all talk about, and I'm really glad that we'll be talking about this soon. We read the book Untamed mm -hmm. because that is one of the things that she struggled with, obviously, uh, Glennon Doyle, who is the writer, but just an overall self understanding is if you don't care for yourself, you can't care for others. And that's just, it's just an automatic thing. If you're not able to admit you need help and help could be actually caring for yourself, then you're not going to be able to assist others. And that's probably why you have a hard time being emotionally available. 
Because it, if you can't do that for yourself, how are you able to do that for others? And understand it's not something that you automatically know. It's something that you have to learn. And what that looks like for you is different for everybody else. And that's okay too. And a part of that release and a part of that understanding of yourself is knowing that this is a weakness. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Yeah. All right. Because guilt is totally normal during times of stress and can be healthy, but it can spiral and get out of hand very quickly, especially for someone who may be overly empathetic, um, overly conscientious, and especially likes to be distracted, right? (laughs) So the experts say to acknowledge the guilt and to label it and then accept it. And it is what it is. I know people hate that phrase, but for this instance, it is. It is exactly how it may be. You call it out, you accept it, and you keep going. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to reframe how you think and be aware of any potential unhealthy behavior you're doing to relieve it. Again, you know your weaknesses, you know your triggers. Hopefully. If not, that's something you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, watch your self-talk. Show compassion to yourself. And I think it's really, really, really important right now. Um, I had a conversation with friends. We were talking about relationships and, and everybody's on edge and everybody's arguing about trivial things because everybody's anxiety is heightened. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're going to notice more and more and more all of your negative uh, attributes as well as other people's <laughs> negative attributes. Yeah. It just happens. It's going to happen, especially when we're stressed. That's what we do. That's what we turn to. Um, but yeah, one of the things that you have to start thinking about when you're talking about these issues, and just like for you, Annie, you have a therapist, which is phenomenal, um, mm-hmm. but you also have an outlet with the show because you can kind of think of, and for me too, let me try to guess. We have an outlet in the show to be like, this is what I'm thinking about. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's called labeling it. <laughs> that is labeling it. <laughs> yeah. And I think once we as individuals figure that out for ourselves, what does this look like of being able to label it and may be able to talk about it and may be able to write about it. It may be able to like compare it to whatever situations that you see in books and entertainment. Something that helps you delve into those anxieties, that label of guilt, why, what is it and how do we break it down? Right. And that is another thing that has been really difficult for me, but I think ultimately is really healthy. One thing um, is I've gotten a lot more conscientious about why are you thinking this horrible thing about yourself right now? Like, what is it? And even if it's just for two to three seconds, if I can, okay, this is not a helpful thought. <laughs> right. Why is it there? And so that overall, I have seen a lot of progress, honestly. And I don't know that, obviously, I would not have wanted this to happen. But I don't know if I hadn't been trapped in my apartment right? that it would have. I would have always found some other distraction or some other thing to do until it became a priority. Right. The, the trying to show compassion. I'll try to, and I know we've all heard this advice before, but try to think of yourself as a friend. Would you ever say that to a friend? Um, so I've tried to monitor that and and I'm making strides. Making you strides. are. <laughs> Again, this is something that you've been struggling with and you're like, I need to talk this out. I'm like, yes, you're not the only one. We all have a different level of guilt and we handle it very differently. We acknowledge it very differently. And I love that. And I think that's the point of 
any conversation. And hopefully listeners will agree and hopefully they'll let us know how they're handling their guilt because we want to know how are you handling it. And you're most likely what you're doing, if it's working for you, it can work for others. So we need that. Yes, yes. If you would like to send that info to us, we would love to get it. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You and on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and JJ Posway. Thanks, guys. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Rocker Season 2 is a raw, honest, strange, and entertaining story about finding yourself in your early 20s and a lifelong relationship with music. It's hosted by me, Chelsea Erson, and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. Dear Young Rocker comes to you from Double Elvis Productions and iHeartRadio. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Amy Nelson. And I'm Sam Edis. We're the hosts of iHeart's newest podcast, What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. We both have our own businesses, and between us, we have seven children. And since the moment we met, we've been sharing our stories with each other. The thing is, we all know the stories of industry titans like Bezos and Jobs, but the stories of women, they remain incomplete. We ask questions no one else even touches. We are not afraid to get personal. So listen to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.